This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey friends, welcome back to the WOMED. This one goes out to all you travel nurses out there, or those of you being tempted by the big numbers some hospitals are offering for travelers. I have the travel nursing queen, travel nursing guru on today. That's right, Sarah Gaines, to help you navigate the world of travel nursing during the COVID-19 crisis. So buckle up, we have a ton of information coming your way. Today's Nurse D Energy Moment comes from at Linnea Dunstan. She writes, I'm an RT in a medical ICU. As I was FaceTiming my five-year-old niece the other day, she told me, Auntie Linnea, look at what I made for you. It was a picture that she had colored in and she had added, thank you for saving people. My sister, her mom, said that she didn't know what she was writing, that she was asking her how to spell words while she was coloring. My heart melted at the fact that a five-year-old had thought of that all on her own. It shows how big her heart is and how powerful leading by example is to the little ones. That is so sweet. Thank you for sharing. That definitely made me smile. And I really want you guys to remember that it's okay to smile right now. If you feel like smiling, it's okay to laugh. And it's okay to find moments of happiness, especially right now. Please keep the nursey energy moments coming. All right, welcome friends. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Sarah Gaines. You might know her as the six-figure travel nurse. So welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited to be speaking with you again. I'm so excited to be speaking with you as well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this combo because I'm ready to spill all the travel nurse tea. <laughs> okay, good. Because there's there's so many problems right now with, with COVID and how that's affecting these assignments. And you're just an absolute wealth of knowledge. Um, I met, so for those that don't know, I met Sarah um, in Nashville a couple months ago now. Was that February? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Sarah was doing an event with Nurse Mo um, on uh, helping out like new travelers, people who are thinking about traveling. And um, I just absolutely fell in love with you. Your way of speaking, like you just had so much knowledge. I was like, you are so important and I need to have you on to help (laughs) out all of these um, nurses and, and doctors and stuff that listen to the pod. So um. Let's let's touch a little bit on your career. Like where where did you start off in nursing? Um so I started off in labor and delivery. I'm a labor and delivery nurse. I've been doing the same thing for the last 8 years and I've been traveling for the last 5 years. Oh wow. Um, so yeah, I yeah, labor and delivery that's where I'm at. <laughs> I I love the babies. If I didn't have such a passion for NICU, it was probably going to be labor and delivery. Oh, yes. I love it so much. And I definitely feel like it's a love or hate. Like people mm-hmm. step into it and they either absolutely love it or they absolutely hate it. Like there's no in between. <laughs> <laughs> was that easy to find travel positions for L&D? Um, for labor and delivery, I would definitely say yes. When it comes to finding a travel nurse position, it's going to be affected by um, specialty location and also demand. So mm-hmm. labor and delivery is one of the specialties that tends to be in higher demand. There usually is a need because people oh. aren't going to stop having babies. Right, <laughs> right. So um 
a question I get um, asked quite often is like, what are the highest paid specialties? And they Mm -hmm. tend to be labor and delivery, CVOR, um, OR nurses in general, and also cath lab. However, our pay is going to fluctuate depending on location, specialty, and demand. So right now is a perfect example due to the demand for ER and ICU nurses due to COVID. They're Mm -hmm. actually the highest paying specialties at the moment. Wow. So it seems like with with like the L&D and some of the other more the specialized areas of nursing, I feel like that would be kind of harder to jump into because some of them seem like it's like a tighter knit group of people. Sure. Like it definitely, so your pay is definitely going to fluctuate depending on your specialty, but Mm -hmm. I truly believe that travel nursing can be lucrative for Mm -hmm. any nurse, as long as you know the ins and outs of the industry, you have to know where to look, how to look for the right assignment, and it can be lucrative for anyone. Uh, anyone. So for example, um, right now, like I just talked about demand, other things mm-hmm. that would increase the demand is like if 10 nurses walk out of the NICU unit tomorrow, well, guess what? Right. That NICU unit has an increased demand for nurses, so mm-hmm. you would be able to be paid higher as a NICU nurse. Also, when it comes to locations, certain locations that have a higher demand for nurses, mm-hmm. Texas and California are the top two states that have the biggest shortage. So the demand oh. for all specialties tend to be higher in those states. So it can definitely be lucrative for any nurse as long as you're doing it the right way. So what are your tips for doing it the right way? Because I feel like right now there's there's a lot of people offering a ton of money. <laughs> to get some travel nurses and and extra help. Um, I feel like the big craze right now are the crazy crisis rates that are related to COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, And my biggest advice right now to any nurse that's looking into specifically like the COVID hotspot areas with the crisis rates is you want to be cautious and you don't want to be fooled by the high numbers. And this applies to not only the COVID crisis rates right now, but just travel nursing in general. I think the first mistake that a lot of travel nurses make is they just chase the highest paying contract. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, there's so much money. I'm jumping on it right now. But one of the things that I really focus on is maximizing your income, not just increasing your income. So that requires you to look into the offer um, from a different perspective. So instead of just focusing on how much money you're making, it's more important to focus on how much money you're saving. So I'll use New York as an example, because that's like where the high rates are right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So a couple of weeks ago, I saw a rate that was like almost $10,000 a week for a nurse to go to New York right now. Holy cow. Exactly. That's everyone's response, right? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Super, super good. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to jump on it. That's 10 grand a week. But me, when I look at that number, there's certain things that I am going to consider. Um, Mm -hmm. As a travel nurse, you can allocate your money in different ways. There's different portions of your income. Some of it is tax-free. The other parts of it are taxed. So depending on how you allocate your money and depending on what your hourly rate is, you have to keep in mind that since you are getting paid a lot more money, that could possibly bump you into a different tax bracket, which means that you're going to be taxed a little bit more. 
On top of that, you wanna pay attention to the location that you're in. So depending on the location, there may be a federal tax, a state tax, and a city tax. Um, so those are other things that you want to consider. The next thing you want to consider is you individually. Like, do you own a home? Do you have any kids? Because if you're anything like me and you don't have either of those, you're gonna be taxed even more heavily. So when oh. you consider all of those things, especially in New York, when I was looking at it according to my calculations in my unique situation, it was going to be almost 35% tax. So really that $10,000 is close to 6,500. Plus you also have to think about once you get to New York, the other things you have to consider, how much is housing going to be? How much is mm -hmm. it gonna, going to cost? Um, are you going to have to ship your car? If you were to need a car in New York, you wouldn't need it, but just assignments in general. So long story short, you want to make sure that you are absolutely crunching the numbers and you know exactly how much you're going to be saving at the end of the week. So for me, when I was comparing New York, that $10,000 a week to other offers that I've gotten in California, and this mm -hmm. was just like a regular rate, non-COVID patients, regular nurse patient ratios, um, I got a similar offer in California and it was $3,000 a week for just a regular contract. Now, $3,000 a week compared to $10,000 a week doesn't sound that like that much, but when mm -hmm. you look at it and you really break it down to how much you would be saving, so in California, $3,000 a week, to make it simple, is about $1,000 a day, right? Yeah. In New York, after taxes, when you calculate the take-home and how much I'd actually be saving, it would be about $6,000 a week. With that crisis rate, you would have to work seven days in a row. So that would mean that if Oof. I'm working seven days for $6,000 a week, that's actually less than $1,000 a day. So it would be more lucrative. I would be saving more money to actually take the contract in California that is $3,000 a week. And if I want to pick up an extra day of overtime, I could. Wow. That's just <laughs> stuff that like people just don't think about. You know, they're like, oh my God, $10,000 a week. Well, you know, at the end of a 13-week assignment, damn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to consider. And um, yeah, I feel like that is definitely the biggest mistake that people do is they, they chase the money, but they don't really mm -hmm. pay attention to how much they're going to be making once all the, all the taxes are taken out, all the expenses are taken out, whether that is, you know, moving expenses, renting a car, you have to pay You have to pay attention to the fact that you're still going to be paying for your mortgage and utilities back home. So you really want to focus on how much you're going to be saving. And um, the situation is going to vary from person to person. Now, there's some people who could go to New York and they're like, oh yeah, I have a friend there and I can stay there and rent a room. It's going to be so lucrative for me. Cool. Like it, yeah. it is going to depend. And also it depends on your circumstance. If you're a staff nurse, you know, me when I was a staff nurse and I was in Texas and I was making like 30 bucks an hour, it definitely would have been worth it for me to like go up to New York and make that 10 K a week, because that's a lot more than the $30 an hour that I was making in Texas. Mm -hmm. um, but for me as a travel nurse right now, when I compare it to the other offers that I'm getting in other locations and I really crunch the numbers and look at my net income, it yeah. actually would be more lucrative for me to do different areas. So, yeah. So what are some things that, um, like those hospitals and positions that are being offered in New York, should they be offering more? Are there different like contract stipulations that you should have in? Like I'll only work, you know, three days a week or 
if I'm working seven in a row, I get seven off type thing. To be honest with you, when it comes to like how much nurses should be paid, I feel like right now with the working conditions in New York, I don't think that there is like any amount of money that can compensate like what those nurses are going through. Like at the end of the day, like a lot of these nurses are really putting their lives at risk. They're limited Mm -hmm. on PPE. The nurse patient ratios are out of control and these hospitals are just really desperate for help right now. Um, So I feel like the quote unquote, like right amount for each nurse is going to be different. But right now at this moment, I say, if you're going up to New York right now, go up with the mindset that you are really there to help because I've I heard that it's pretty bad up there right yeah. now and that no amount of money is really going to um, compensate but one thing that does not mean you shouldn't be paid your worth <laughs> so right. one thing that you should definitely consider putting in your contracts well actually I'll start with the things that you shouldn't put in your like want to put in your contracts the first one is saying I will only work for three days a week simply because it's unrealistic it's a crisis situation mm-hmm. and you'll be expected to work several days in a row. And a lot of the agreements and contracts are very upfront about that. Um, okay. That's one thing you want to look into. If you plan to only work three days a week or, you know, aren't comfortable working maybe 16 hours or whatever it is, I wouldn't go for a crisis rate in, during a pandemic because you'll just be expected to do that. Um, So you definitely want to check the hours of the um, contracts that you're looking at. A lot of people are fooled by that initially. Like I mentioned before, the $10,000 rate, when you realize that it's seven days in a row and not just for three days, that's a big difference in calculating your pay. (laughs) Yeah. So yes. And I honestly think for that particular contract that was $10,000 a week, it required them to work 21 days in a row and then seven days off, and then another 21 days. So the breakdown is going to be different. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So you definitely want to pay attention to how many hours you'll be expected to work. And another really important question to ask specifically for um, the COVID hotspots is, you know, um, are you going to be compensated if you are put on quarantine? You know, like if you yeah. fly up to New York and you work three days and you um, are in contact with a COVID patient and you test positive and you have to be quarantined, are you going to be paid? Are you going to be compensated mm-hmm. for those two weeks that you're not going to be working? Because most of the times as a travel nurse, if you're not working, you're not going to be paid. And that also right. means you don't get your housing stipend. So you can definitely end up in the negatives if you don't have that stuff set up ahead of time. So you definitely want to ask like, um, how much will I be paid if I'm quarantined and for how long are you guys going to pay me for a week, two weeks? How exactly is that going to work? And you also want to check on the insurance. Um, Another thing travel nurses don't realize is that um, the type of insurance that the company provides is going to vary from company to company. The type of coverage is going to vary from company to company. And when the insurance starts, that's most important. Like, is it day one insurance? Because if it starts after 30 days and you get sick your first week, that is going to put you in a pickle. <laughs> yes. So um, those are definitely the things that I would concentrate on if I was looking at a COVID contract for sure. Okay, y'all. Put your hand up if your cell phone bill raises your blood pressure. If you're still using one of the big wireless companies this year, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? I sure have been. 
between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly to you. The website is so informative, and you can even check what your coverage will be like in your area before you buy a plan. Can you fathom paying 15 bucks a month for your cell phone bill? I was paying over 80. Mint Mobile makes that possible, and every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text, all while never overpaying for data you won't use. You can also use your own phone and keep all of your existing contacts and phone number. To get your new wireless plan for just $15 a month, believe me, I had to go to the website. I didn't think that could be real, but it is. Go to the website and get your plan shipped to your door for free. Go to Mint. M-I-N-T mobile.com slash WOMED. That's mintmobile.com slash WOMED. Cut your wireless bill to just $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash WOMED. Those aren't things that normally, well, I just wouldn't have even thought about that. Like my mind's totally blown. My jaw is just sitting open. You can't see me, but I'm just like, oh my gosh. The things you don't really think about. Yeah, Yeah. there's so much to consider and there's so much to think about. And unfortunately, like when you jump into travel nursing blindly, Mm -hmm. so many nurses get frustrated because they do the research, right? They're like, Mm -hmm. I went on Google. I went on Facebook, uh, YouTube, whatever it is, I asked around and they feel like they diligently did the research. And unfortunately, when they run into these mistakes, it's too late. They don't realize that they're making a mistake until they've already ran into it. And it's cost them frustration. It's cost them time. And a lot of times it costs them a lot of money. And um, that's exactly why I created the Travel Nurse course. And that's also why I recently created the, uh, I have a quick like crisis rates crash course for nurses who want to just like, they're brand new to the travel nursing industry. They've never taken a contract before and they're not mm-hmm. sure like what to look into. As a travel nurse, I've done 20 plus contracts and over 15 of them have been crisis rate contracts. So the crash course just kind of gives you like a quick one hour, like the meat and potatoes, all the stuff that you need to be looking at and the rookie mistakes that you need to avoid. So you don't run into mistakes that cause you time, money and frustration. Because unfortunately, it's a very common thing that happens and we don't realize it until it's just too late. Well, yeah. And especially thinking about insurance, because you, especially during this COVID crisis, everyone is at risk. Like we're not Like we talk about, we're not being protected adequately. And a lot of people, even if they do test positive, are being told to continue to work until they have a fever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow, you're blowing my mind. See, wealth (laughs) of knowledge, people. (laughs) And it's it's so scary to think that, like you said, everyone is at risk. And I feel like one of the naive things that I did when I jumped into travel nursing was that I assumed, like, I think people assume like, oh, I'll, my company will provide insurance. Like 
I'll be taken care of if I'm quarantined. No, you never assume anything. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the sad reality is that like, you know, you don't realize it until it's too late. And even travel nurses who are new to the industry and try Mm -hmm. to be prudent, they look over their contract, but they don't understand it. They don't know the verbiage that Mm -hmm. should be used. They don't know what red flags to look for. So even if you're reviewing your contract, if you don't know how to review it, what you're looking for, what you're trying to avoid, you can still make major mistakes. Yeah. And so with these crisis rates, do they include hazard pay or is that just kind of all lumped into it? It's pretty much lumped into it. Like I would say a crisis rate pretty much is hazard pay because, and you know, from my perspective, hazard pay is like an increased rate because you're putting yourself at risk. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, $10,000 a week is an increased rate. Um, But again, um, one thing that is going to vary from nurse to nurse is, you know, everyone has their opinion. Some people, oh, 10K is not worth it. You know, you have to decide like, what's worth it to you? Because, you Mm -hmm. know, there's a lot, there's so much to consider if you're one of the nurses that's going to one of the COVID hotspots right now. Yeah especially like what your family situation is that you're coming back to, you know, are you a sole caretaker for your aging parents? Um, Do you have a new child? There's so much to consider. And I've, I've personally, one of my friends has kind of gotten back into um, her role as like a nurse recruiter now. And, and she was showing me some of the things and I'm like, man, I kind of wish I could relocate right now. Um, Since I mean, I work as an aesthetic nurse. My um, med spa is closed down right now. Obviously, Botox is non essential, no matter what. <laughs> no matter what, a lot of women will tell you. <laughs> no one's going to see your face right now. Um, but yeah, I was looking at some of those rates and, and I was like, man, could, is that even something I could conceivably do? But then personally, I've been struggling with. Do, am I doing this because I feel like I need to, because like the whole martyr complex, like I should, I should be down there, you know, or I should be in these hotspots risking my health. Um, or is my, me using like my platform in the WOMED, like a little bit more productive use of, you know, my abilities just to like get the word out, you know, and like help other people in like that way. So, oh girl, I don't know, but those numbers are are really tempting. (laughs) I can totally like relate to you when it comes to that, because right now I am currently not working. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you feel like you should be right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like as a, as nurses, we've jumped into this industry because we love to help people. Right. And when you see all these people who are in such desperate need, like you naturally just want to go and help. But then at the same time, we know that our life has value mm-hmm. and is it really worth putting your life at risk? So it's just like that, like that tug, tug and war. But yeah. I will say the one thing that I'm really, really grateful for um, is that travel nursing has given me that choice to be able yeah. to choose what I want to deal with, what type of work environment I want to encounter. It's given me like the option to set a standard. It's Mm -hmm. given me the option to negotiate and get paid my worth because unfortunately right now there's so many nurses 
that are working at their staff job, their permanent job. And everyone's like, oh, well, if you don't want to deal with this, isn't that just quit? Well, they can't afford to quit. No, <laughs> you know, they have families to feed, they have people to take care of. So mm -hmm. they are forced to go to these jobs that aren't protecting them and aren't putting their, you know, their interests at the top of the priority list in every single day, putting oh, their but lives they're calling them heroes. Thanks. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's frustrating because I've definitely, I've, I've been in their footsteps, obviously not during a pandemic, but just mm -hmm. in general, before I jumped into travel nursing, I was very unhappy where I was working. I was working night shifts. So I was like completely depleted and exhausted. I yep. was in a very hostile work environment and I dealt with nurse bullying left and right. Mm -hmm. And I was not in the position where I could be like, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm just going to quit. I financially could not do that. And that ultimately was the reason why I jumped into travel nursing because it gave me the option to choose what I wanted to do because mm -hmm. I had honestly felt like I'm burnt out. I don't want to do nursing ever again. Like I'm done. And yeah. I realized that I didn't hate my career. I didn't hate being the labor and delivery nurse. I just hated the environment that I was in. So mm -hmm. I'm really, really thankful that I did choose travel nursing. And I'm thankful that I have this choice right now to decide, okay, what do I want to deal with? What do I want to tolerate? Yeah. And I honestly, I still haven't decided. I'm kind of on the fence. Like everyone's asking me every day, like, are you, are you going to go to New York? Are you go And if I do go to New York, it won't necessarily be for the pay. It'll just be because like a big part of me feels like, I just want to go there and help, but yeah. it's a lot to think about and a lot of options to weigh. Yeah. There's another organization that, um, a volunteer organization that I work with that's like, they're veteran led, um, but they might be uh, setting up a field hospital in New York. And I was like, well, I feel like I'd, I'd almost rather do that <laughs> and go up and, and volunteer kind of in that situation. Um, just knowing that they would probably have more protective equipment for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge, huge thing to consider. Um, and one thing I'd like to add, I know that there are certain companies, which is really great. They've started doing this. There are certain companies that have guaranteed in the contract that if you don't have the proper PPE, you don't have to work and you'll go home with pay. And that's, that's amazing. amazing. I'm glad that companies are standing up for their travel mm -hmm. nurses and advocating for them and making them a priority. But uh, it's just sad that it's only some companies because I feel like yeah. <laughs> that should be a standard. <laughs> that should definitely be a standard. But, you know, all of our standards of personal protective equipment have been kind of tossed out the window with this. So yes. that also begs the question, what is considered safe now? Like, yep. is and it? Scary. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm just learning so much. So you were saying like things to make sure, like the right things to negotiate for in your contract were, you know, like insurance and like housing and stuff stipulations. What are the other mistakes that people make, you know, that they're like, oh, wait, no, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to make sure this is in my contract. I would say the biggest mistake, chasing your pay, focusing on how much you're making and not how much you're saving. 
um, for getting to ask the crucial crucial questions, you know, whether it is like insurance and whether it's day one, whether it's the amount of hours that you're working, whether it's you'll be required to float. Um, and then mm -hmm. I think another huge mistake that nurses are making are um, jumping into situations that they're not prepared for. I know that it is a pandemic and that everyone needs help. And there's been a lot of changes. And like you just brought up, like what is considered safe mm -hmm. um, has been changing day by day. And, yeah. um, you know, they're hiring nursing students and nurses with absolutely no experience. And I honestly oh feel like as the nurse, like as we, travelers, they're hiring travelers as nursing students. Oh, they're, I mean, for, so I don't know particularly what they're doing in New York, but I know like, for example, the governor in Texas said that like, you don't have to be completed with nursing school yet. You don't have to pass your NCLEX yet. <laughs> just oh like... my God, Sarah. Oh my God. I'm and sweating. I just started sweating no, as you it's said literally that. insane in New York, in a lot of states have done similar things. Even med students, they've said like, oh, well, you don't have to pass your boards yet. You can come in and help. Now I get it. Cause when I initially heard it, I was freaking out. I was like, this mm -hmm. is not safe. This is not okay. I get no. it. If you need extra hands, like if it's a nurse, you're going to give these that, brand new nurses PTSD from like working the situations <laughs> and they're, they're going to burn out even quicker. Absolutely. Um, so I get both perspectives. Like I definitely get that if you need extra hands, um, you know, and a nursing student can check vital signs, like check a temp yeah. or whatever, yeah. like, cool, that's totally fine. So they but, more as like a CNA. Exactly. Okay. But as a nurse, as mm -hmm. a medical professional, like whether nurse, doctor, whatever it may be, I think it's so important for us to remember that we made an oath to do no harm. Right. And there is a lot of people that are jumping into this crisis and doing things that are out of their skill set. Mm -hmm. And that can be very dangerous. So I just think it's so important that despite what the governor has said, <laughs> yes, like you need to practice within your skill set and you need to keep mm -hmm. patient safety a priority like yes. so that's a huge two things I kind of got like off topic but when you're asking about like the mistakes that nurses are making I think the mm -hmm. biggest mistake is jumping into something you are not ready for like right. if you are not if you are a brand new nurse you have absolutely no experience you have no inpatient experience whatsoever no you shouldn't take a crisis rate contract in the middle of new york where they're going to be floating you to med surge icu wherever it is even if these hospitals are so desperate and they hire you you know as a nurse what your limits are so mm -hmm. you have to do what's right and you have to keep patient safety a priority right Man, that, that I'm, I'm still sweating just thinking about, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about myself as a new grad who hadn't passed her NCLEX yet. I'm thinking about how terrified I was for my first day on the floor and then thinking about being thrown into a crisis situation. Oh, absolutely. And just even, even if you take the whole crisis situation completely out of it, I talk about this when it comes to travel nursing in general. 
a big mistake that nurses make is jumping into travel nursing when they're not ready. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of hospitals will say, you know, we want, depending on the specialty, it's going to vary, but they may say we want a minimum of one year experience. And nurses are like counting down. They, They call me, Sarah, in 24 days, it's going to be exactly one year until I get my one year of experience and I'm ready to become a travel nurse. And I'm like, pause. <laughs> What's important to know about travel nursing is that these hospitals are short staff. They need you like yesterday. They have mm-hmm. no time to train you to do anything. You're going to have a very short um, orientation mm-hmm. that can be anywhere from one hour to three days and they're just going to show you what's different on their unit. They really don't expect to train you to do anything. They expect you to hit the ground running. So going back to when we were all, yeah, they expect you to know how. So like if you're a new grad nurse and you only have one year of experience, it's important to focus on not that one year of experience, but Mm -hmm. focus on building your skill set. Right. That is what is most important. And that is going to be different for every single nurse that is, you know, jumping into travel nursing. So before you jump into travel nursing, instead of saying how many, how many years of experience do I have? You should ask yourself, can I confidently, safely, and efficiently take care of the sickest patient on the unit without any help, without drowning, without Mm -hmm. leaning on another nurse? Because as a travel nurse, that is what you're going to be expected to do. Like first day on the unit, there's been so many times I've started off first day on the unit and I've gotten orientation for maybe an hour and my wow. receptor has been pulled away because they're short staff and they're like, all right, Sarah, you're on your own stat C-section and that's fine. I've been a mm-hmm. labor and delivery nurse for eight plus years. So I got this, I'm confident, but as a new grad, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> no, like, no, I feel like I can't a new grad period. <laughs> is, is, is a good year. I mean, it was, it was a solid two years before I felt confident in the NICU. And then I was like, okay, yeah, this, yeah, I know how to do this. I know how to do this. Oh yeah. These are the things I need to have set up for this type of patient. You know, that's extremely good advice. Absolutely. And like, you know, the thing is with travel nursing is like, you have to be confident in your skill set. You can't be second guessing yourself because that is going to be the only thing that's familiar to you. That's the only thing that you can rely rely on. When you jump onto a unit on the first day, it's going to be new policies, new procedures, new Mm -hmm. coworkers, new doctors, new everything. New locations for where all the supplies (laughs) are kept. (laughs) Yes, everything. And so you have to rely on your skill set. And so for me, what makes me confident and what makes me a good travel nurse is that no matter where you throw me in, I know how to take care of this patient. Mm-hmm. You know, like if my patient is in labor and she's having a baby, girl, I done delivered a baby in McDonald's, in the parking lot, <laughs> in the parking <laughs> garage, like literally everywhere. So no matter where I'm at, I know how to deliver this baby. I may not know where the supplies is or whatever, but I'm confident in my skill set and I know that my patient's going to be in good hands no matter mm-hmm. where I'm at. And so that's what's just really important when you jump into travel nursing. Make sure you're just ready to hit the ground running because they're not going to have the time to teach you. I've even been asked right. on my second week, hey, can you train this uh, new person? I'm like, what? <laughs> but you yeah, to train a new person to... <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that's like having charge nurses who have only been on the unit for six months. 
absolutely which is oh gosh terrifying but yes it definitely happens <laughs> yeah but I mean there's I mean certain things happen when you're in dire need yep exactly when you're in dire need you just gotta do what you gotta do yep mm-hmm. so what would you say is, is your whole mission right now I think right now my biggest mission especially right now. It's so crazy that all this is happening during this pandemic. And there's a lot of nurses that are like blindly jumping into travel nursing. And I love travel nursing. I love that everything is done for me and my career. Since I've jumped into travel nursing, I have doubled my income. I've been able to travel the world and I've been able to live in the best cities across the U.S. and work at some of the greatest hospitals. And I feel like a lot of times travel nursing is sugarcoated and that's the only part that people see. So they Mm -hmm. tend to jump in super excited and they run into countless obstacles. So my ultimate mission is to empower and educate as many nurses as I can so that they're able to maximize their income so they can work less and travel more through travel nursing, because ultimately it is a career that is a stepping stone and you can use it to build whatever life you want to live, but you want to make sure you're going about it the right way. So you don't run into any like rookie mistakes, because trust me, I've made them all. (laughs) (laughs) And the purpose of the travel nurse course is just to provide the nurses, the knowledge and insight they need to really decipher between the good and the bad information because there's a ton of information on the internet, right? Like you can Mm -hmm. Google, you can Facebook, you can YouTube, whatever, but there's a lot of like irrelevant, biased, and even false information Mm -hmm. on the internet. And you really have to know the ins and outs of the industry to decipher between the good and bad um, information. And that's when the travel nurse course really comes into play. You gain me as a mentor to help guide you every step of the way. And you also get the tools and resources and support you need to really thrive in the industry, not struggle. Because unfortunately, most travel nurses, when they jump into the industry, they struggle the first couple of years. They make mistakes that cost them time, frustration, and money. Mm-hmm. And then they start to figure things out. And so the travel nurse course allows you to skip the first three, four years that you use struggling and losing money and get straight to thriving in the industry with the knowledge and insight that you need. That's amazing. Cause I, you're, you're renewing my desire to, to travel, do it and stuff again. <laughs> um, I, I did, I was almost three years out of, out of school. So I had um, like two and a half ish years of NICU experience. And I took a, my first travel assignment. So I was like, I'm going to see the world. I'm too big for Wisconsin. Let's <laughs> go. And I mean, my first assignment was okay, but there was definitely, it was definitely hard. <laughs> I had one travel assignment in Houston and my assignment after that was supposed to be in San Diego. And as soon as I got to California, they canceled it and like six other travelers that they had and didn't pay me a dime. Yep. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I just spent so much money going across the country. And I, I don't know, it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to Wisconsin and I'll save up my money and just travel to places and not work at them. But I really wish I would have had something like this course that you've put together 
because it's so valuable. Like there are things that I never thought about in taking my first assignment. Well, I definitely made the mistake of, I just don't think I, like my knowledge base was really respected in the institution that I was at. They're like, you're a traveler, like don't, don't bring anything new to the table. Like just do your, do your job. Um, and that really kind of hurt, you know, I was only doing like feeder growers, but we had like five patients each and in the NICU, that's unheard of. Um, I mean, these would be like 28 to like 32, you know, till full-term kids, you know, but everything had to be done a certain way. And it was, it, it was a great learning experience, learning to adapt to that environment and, you know, grow in that. But yeah, I definitely put a little, little bad taste in my mouth. A little bit. <laughs> so I wish I would have, you know, been more aware of things, you know, been more like actually read my contract because I don't think I did. <laughs> Most people don't though. Like, okay. 90%, thank you for making me feel better. 90% of people don't read their contract. And like I said, even if they, look they at the do, highlights, yeah, like they don't even know like what they're supposed to be looking for. So they, they read it, mm-hmm. but they still don't catch like the red flags. And those are the types of things that we go over in so much detail in the travel nurse course, because it's not only about answering the questions that you have, but the travel nurse course answers the questions you haven't even thought of yet. Because (laughs) you're learning from experts in the industry. You're learning from someone who's been in the industry for many years. I've done many contracts. I've learned the hard way so that the nurses enrolled in the travel nurse course don't have to. (laughs) You get the benefit from all of my mistakes that I've learned through years and years of trial and error. So you get to skip that. Like, trust me, I have, my contract has definitely been canceled before. And for me, my first contract, what was eye-opening for me was I, you know, jumped into it. I was super excited. I thought I did a great job and I was making so much money, which I was, I was making more than what I did as a staff nurse. But then Mm -hmm. I arrived there and I realized six months, by the way, this is after working there for six months, that the other travel nurses were making up to $500 more a week than me. <gasps> a week. Why? <laughs> because I was naive. I didn't know that negotiating was a thing. I I, I didn't know that. Like yeah. I was brand new to the industry. And then here's the thing, even for travel nurses who know that they should negotiate, I feel like this is a term everyone throws around. Yeah, girl, negotiate, negotiate. But how mm-hmm. do you do it? Like, yeah. what are the strategies that you use to negotiate? And that is what we go over in the travel nurse course using objective, specific strategies because consistency is what's going to get you the results that you want instead of kind of like guessing and figuring things out. So even when I did realize like, yeah, I should definitely be negotiating because these travel nurses are making more money than me. I didn't mm-hmm. know how to go about it. I didn't know what strategies to use. I didn't know what questions I should be asking. I didn't know my pay breakdown. I didn't understand the pay breakdown. I didn't understand why I should be negotiating, what I should be negotiating, who I should be negotiating with, and when I should be negotiating. All of those things play a huge factor in the results that you're going to get as a travel nurse. And so 
once I figured out all of those things, I pretty much just gathered all of my knowledge and stuffed it in the travel nurse course. And then I also featured several other experts in the industry from hiring managers that give interviewing tips that show you exactly what you need, what they're looking for in a travel nurse interview, a tax expert who goes over travel nurse taxes and pay breakdown, um, recruiters that give unbiased and transparent advice on what to look for in your contract and exactly how to go about um, ways when it's negotiating, um, a nurse liaison, which is the person that goes through everything goes through everything with you when shit hits the fan i mean when i tell you i have thought of every little thing you're <laughs> amazing all in one place which allows the nurses in the course to basically get from point a to point b the quickest and easiest way possible like it's just about ruling out all the relevant stuff and steering giving you a straight line path to exactly where you need to be so you can thrive in the industry and ultimately like do what you love to do because no one becomes a travel nurse to like struggle, to be broke, to be canceled last minute and not mm-hmm. know what to do. Like you jump into travel nursing to do what you love. And the key to that is like, you're going to run into obstacles because no career is perfect, but right. knowing how to handle those obstacles are the key to success. And that's going to make the difference in your experience as a travel nurse. Okay, so where can people find all this information? <laughs> they can find the most important the- part. <laughs> <laughs> right. They can find all the information about the travel nurse course at saragaines.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Sarah underscore Gaines. I give travel nurse tips and travel nurse inspiration on a daily basis. And if you sign up for my email list on saragaines.com, you will get travel nurse tips and travel nurse resources sent straight to your email every week. So there is plenty of resources and information that I have to give. So head over to saragaines.com or follow me on Instagram. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) this has been so informative. I think this is going to help so many nurses. Um, I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time and sharing all this knowledge. Uh, Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm always so excited to talk about travel nursing and give travel nurse tips because like I said, That's my ultimate goal. Like when I jumped into the industry, I just had no idea and I struggled. So I'm so happy that you invited me and you're allowing me to share all of this helpful info and resources on your platform. So thank you. Yeah. Anytime. This is, this is very important knowledge (laughs) that needs to get out, especially right now. Um, Yes. Especially right now. Uh, Do you have any um, last thoughts and words for our listeners? I would just say that if you decide to jump, if you're one of the nurses that is looking into travel nursing, you know that it's something you want to do. Maybe you're feeling burnt out. Maybe you want to make more money. Maybe you want to travel the world, whatever it is. Don't let fear hold you back. Like that is a huge mistake that people make don't let fear hold you back. Go ahead and jump into it. It will definitely be life-changing. I've had my obstacles through travel nursing, but ultimately it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And if you're afraid that you're going to run into any obstacles, you're afraid you don't have enough resources, support, whatever it may be, 
you have the travel nurse course to help you give you the tools and resources you need and me to help guide you every step of the way. But regardless, do what you want to do. Don't let fear hold you back. Jump into travel nursing. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. I love I that. wish someone would have told me that years before because I could have definitely jumped into travel nursing way before but I was just I was too scared to do it I think a lot of people are scared and I've definitely dealt with fear in my life too and and the greatest moments of my life have happened when I've leaned into that and trusted my own strength and trusted my knowledge that's a beautiful message lean into the fear yes lean into the fear (laughs) All right, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, This has been so wonderful and so insightful. I hope you stay very safe and well. Just stay safe and well. Thank you so much. I wish the same for you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay inside. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Very important. All right, girl. Thank you. Wow, I'm still shook from all the knowledge Sarah just dropped for us, but also I feel really excited and empowered. I hope you found this episode as informative as I did. If you are thinking about travel nursing, especially during the COVID crisis, I strongly encourage you to check out Sarah's crisis crash course and all of her travel nursing courses at saragains.com. Seriously, such a wealth of knowledge and an understandable breakdown. I'll say it again, I wish I had this information available when I did my first travel assignment. You can connect with Sarah on Instagram at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H underscore Gaines, G-A-I-N-E-S, and myself at the WOMED or at DM Maltby. Keep sending me your nursey energy moments to the WOMED for me to read and choose who will be shared on the WOMED each week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for all of your hard work. Every storm runs out of rain. We will get through this. WOMED out.